much energy I can feel in the morning, but I'm feeling it. <laughs> we have today our guest is Sarah Schulte Krantz. And welcome to another episode of Stoke Meter, by the way. Sarah, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's so great to meet you. Thank you for having me on. You got Absolutely. it. Well, I, you know, I have to go through a little bit about the formality of who you are and how we how we came together here. So Sarah herself is a keynote speaker. She's also the author of the book, Walk Through This, Harness the Healing Power of Nature and Travel uh, and the Road to Forgiveness. Now, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, which is awesome. She's also an executive producer, a wilderness guide, and a TEDx speaker. Now, there's a ton more to it, but uh, that's just a little snapshot of who she is. And the way that we came together is we were introduced, actually, by Chrysanthemum Vlachos, I believe. Um, and as I as we studied and, and uh, researched uh, what Sarah does, blown away, man, blown away. So <laughs> welcome you. to the show and thank you for making the time. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you. Got it. Well, you know, you got to tell the audience, I could go about and Gary and I could go about and, and, and explain what what it, what it is you do, but why don't you tell us what you, what you do? Gosh, what do I do? I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff. Uh, so I got into this work uh, through my own traumas. I have lived through multiple traumas. There's like that part of the story that everybody goes, oh gosh, we got to hear the, the depth. And then there's the rise, right? Yeah. Uh, which is also how I got into speaking and doing the work um, and working with people the way that I work with people. Uh, I have lived through a tremendous amount in my life. And um, I was once a teacher. Uh, I, well, I'm still a teacher, but I was, I graduated from UW-Madison uh, in art education, became a teacher um, years ago and long story short through which what you can dive into I'm totally fine with yeah. through my own traumas and the experiences that I had um, you know and then after having to give up teaching choosing to give up teaching because I was supporting my husband's career I came out of all of my traumas and I was like what the hell is next you know I'm a single <laughs> mom now with three sons literally and my business uh, came to fruition as I was sitting on a paddleboard a couple miles offshore, trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life? What is my purpose? What is my passion? How do I want to create something? And I am here to tell you that, listen, I never, business was not something that I was going to step into. I wanted to help people. I had the things that I knew I was really good at. I know what I'm not so hot at and handed those off and literally created this thriving business now, uh, guiding men and women through the Grand Canyon, uh, through Alaska and wilderness healing retreats, transformational retreats. Freaking love this work. We go into a journey of three months of really in-depth coaching of self along with five or six days, uh, you know, healing. And it's just like an incredible fun journey. Um, so I do land healing in Alaska or land healing in the Grand Canyon, water healing in Alaska, where we kayak next to glaciers and wow. just really, I know. So it's a very big difference between what, you know, land healing and water healing. Um, and then my book came out of the fruition of my traumas. And then I was asked to do this Ted talk and I landed on stage <laughs> and it was just like one thing after the other. And I think that the coolest thing about it, I'm 49. The coolest thing about it is that I started, um, my first round of trauma happened at 17, my second round at 40. And then about 42 was where I was like, okay, like I'm feeling more stable, you know, like in terms of my foundation, uh, you know, and more aligned and new, like there was something to use that I could use all of that to create something. And so, yeah, I mean, I coach, I, um, I'm getting into, uh, more executive work, which is super fun, taking this into the corporate world, putting together offerings that can help high level executives and leadership teams and keynote speaking. And the, there's really, I think the coolest thing about coming out of all of this has been just playing with it. Right. And like, what's next. And what I've really realized is that business is all about what's your, can I swear? <laughs> yeah. Go for it. What's your passion? Yes. Like literally, like that's the basis of it. What's your fucking passion and what are you really good at? Like yeah. find yeah. that and run with it because the world needs it. And you get to have fun in your life doing it then. So 
you know, like I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not of the norm and, uh, and I prefer it that way. So there you go. So think about corporations. You try to fit everyone into what the organization is, right? And the uniqueness is often, it's often obliterated. I mean, quite, quite frankly, right? And yes. And, and but when you, when you are, could be your, your own unique self, you are then much more of a contributor to it. And it's interesting because in my, I used to, I used to be in corporations and, and, and doing a lot of it from a leadership development standpoint. Right. And you, it's amazing to understand the trauma that a, a lot of the leaders have been through. And then on top of that, <laughs> when you, when you're coaching them and when you are um, consulting with them, sometimes they don't realize the trauma they're causing. <laughs> and, and it's, it's just that open book. And, and when yeah. you're, when you're out there in the wilderness, it really puts it on a very level playing field. You realize very quickly what your capabilities are and what you completely lack, man. <laughs> and what... so can, I, can I share a story with you? Oh, heck yes. Okay. okay. So, so like, there's so many avenues we could go into with this. Um, so first of all, I look at every human as the possibility they, everybody has the possibility to be their best leader, right? Like we, the best leaders are not the leaders that are CFO, CEO. They're the, the best leaders are those people that have actually used what they've walked through in life, hence the name of my book, mm -hmm. and allowed themselves to carry that into what have I learned and how can I become a better human first? Because I think that, you know, when we do all of this top-down leadership stuff, it you're missing out on the best thing, which is the granular. Like it's it's kind of like when people say, when people say, I just can't wait to get to the destination, right? And then what do you hear all the time? I want to enjoy the journey. I always tell my clients, it's not about the freaking journey. It's about the moments within the journey that create the destination. So we got to actually continue to take it back one step level, you know, one level um, and, and take the layers off the, what I realized through, and I'll, I'll dive into a little bit of my traumas because it's actually important to understand this. Mm -hmm. I was the person, I was the mom. I was that woman, right. Yeah. who was always supporting other people. I was that silent leader. My first round of traumas happened at 17. I was uh, raped when I was 17 and ended up having, went to the police. The police wouldn't press charges. I ended up finding out I was pregnant, chose to keep my child, ended up, and it's in the book. And I talk openly about it because it was at that age that I learned what it was to also be a silent leader. I mean, I remember, and I just did a post on LinkedIn where, I went to go, I decided I was going to go to college. I was like, I'm going to go to the university. I'm going to have my son. I'm going to raise him. I was that person where I walked into the university. Remember, this is 1991, where you did not have anything online. And you walked up to the registrar office and you said, here are the classes I'd like to take, you know? And remember that? Oh, yes. Like the days of the, of the phone watching the kids today where you're like, you know, you've got to actually dial Yes. <laughs> we, we actually had we to had go a to cord. the library. A cord a too. A cord. Exactly. You don't just get to walk all over the house and the homes with the longest cord, for some reason, you always went there. And that's where, that's where like the girls would all sit together and talk on the phone because you could take the phone into the bedroom. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, I digress. So, so I walked up to the registrar's office and I'll never forget the look on the woman's face when she was like, you, you shouldn't be going to college. You and she saw my belly. Right. And she was like, you should, uh, and she was giving me her shoulds, right. You should, yeah. uh, don't go to college. And if you are go part-time. And it was, I learned it was, it was the moments. It was those moments, like that particular moment that I've carried with me throughout life of, oh, really? That's what you think. This isn't your life. This is my life. And I get to create whatever the hell I want. And I'll show you. I have no idea what happened to that woman. It wasn't about that. It was about those particular people that look at you and have judgment. And you're like, you can't have judgment on me. You have no right to do that. Yeah. And so that happened at 17. And, you know, I went, I ended up doing a five-year college. Uh, I became an art teacher as a five-year um a program and I did it in four years and I found the professors that 
you know, supported me and loved me and let me bring my son to, you know, the university. And it was, it was, it was a different, it was, it was very different than how I anticipated it to look in my college years. Uh, and it taught me so much, like it just taught me so much. And so then I met my husband, we ended up moving all over. I became an art teacher. I loved my career. You know, I was the, I was the co-chair of the art department in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. And, you know, cause I'm a small town farm girl. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not from California, yeah. what everybody seems to think. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I grew up in a village of, I think now we have 1400 people. Oh back man. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking small town, small town. Um, And I love it. I love my, I love where I grew up. Um, But, you know, so I went into this, this area of my life where I was that mom, right? Like I had two more sons. Now we have three kids and I'm raising them. I'm teaching. I love my career. And then I move out to California to support my husband, right? Because that's, that was the time. That's what we did. And, um, that's what I did. That's what was my choice. And I was that stay at home mom that did the sushi parties and the kickball tournaments. <laughs> and literally like, like, you know, I volunteered. I was that silent leader. That's my right. point. I was that person who stepped in. Right. But so, so I remember, and I did a post on this in LinkedIn too. I remember showing up one time to this, it was about mitzvah. And somebody was like, oh, who's that? And over, you know, in my red dress and who's that? And I was the wife, right? Which is totally, listen, I, I was a wife. I was, I loved my role as a wife. I loved supporting. I loved my, that was my, my job career, right? right? Um, but it really hit me coming out of, and I'll, which I'll get into my second round of traumas of like, wow, I mean, I haven't been able to show the world what I'm capable of. And that's, that's the point is that like, I was that silent leader for so long. And I was like, this isn't, this is so interesting being that quiet person who, even though I'm not quiet, obviously, (laughs) but not being able to show all of the things that, that actually could help so many people. And so it, you know, it was, So moving back into that at the age of 40, um, I found out that my husband had been betraying me for 14 Mm -hmm. of 17 years of our marriage. Um, He was literally leading a double life. I knew nothing about it. Uh, He was, he came out as gay and it was one of the most difficult things for me because now understand it's, it's pulling back all of those layers of the, okay, not only was I the silent leader, but I didn't know anything was going on. And so then you're going through relational betrayal trauma and the PTS, the complex PTSD from that is like, you know, they, they've done studies on the brain where it's, it's as if you're in combat and it's devastating. And so, and it affects so many people. And so coming out of that for, it was, you know, I, I, I supported him. I supported the kids. I got the kids into what they needed. They're doing amazing. My kids are just freaking awesome. My boys are amazing. And, you know, going through all of that then, and then coming out of it and saying, okay, now, like, what about me? This is where the fun starts. Um, And I found a lot of help. I had my, I went to, it's really interesting when something like this happens, uh, there was multiple, multiple addictions going on too, which I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And people can sit there and say, how did you not know about it? Listen, he, he, he was, he was, he traveled for work you know? And so he would go to the other side of the country and, you know, do things and then come home. And so, and believe it or not, I had no idea how common this is. It's just like, wow, holy moly, Mm -hmm. the amount of double lives that happen and not necessarily even like that, but the amount of double lives of, you know, I'm an addiction and I'm doing this, or I'm with another person and I'm doing this, or, you know, I'm addicted to, I don't even like gambling and I'm doing this. Right. And for me, I just don't live that way. I live where everything is integrated and I choose to be that way. Um, and so it was, it was a space and time for me to do a lot of self-reflection. I found the help that I needed. Um, he got his help, which is very interesting because when I, when I got him into rehab, we actually did find a rehab for him, supported him in that. 
but it was like, it's like you're in an accident where somebody comes in, everything is totaled and they come in and they pick him up. I'm just saying for, in this instance, it was him. And then they get him to the hospital and they take care of him. And I'm just saying like, if using this as a metaphor, right. But then everybody else is left with the, with the rubbish. And it's like, well, now what do you do? Who's cleaning up the mess? And this happens so often. And Mm -hmm. so I searched for help and I was the partner of which it was like, you know, you're looked at as the crazy one. You're looked at as how did you not know? You're looked at as mm-hmm. all the things and you're ashamed. So once again, I find myself in the space of nobody's believing me. Nobody's mm-hmm. understanding my side, the shame, the, 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 just the, even, even that processing of how did I like me looking at myself and saying, how the hell did I not know this? Right. Yes. And then having to have the conversation with the kids and there was so much to unpack, but the most important thing that I found was my own truth. Yeah. And finding my own truth in everything and being able to say, okay, I know my truth. How am I going to become the leader out of this? Once again, how am I going to guide the family out of this? Once again, not sit in resentment, not sit in, you know, blame and all that shit that comes with it. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. that, you've got to process all of those emotions, but I found just an incredible support group. And then I took my paddleboard onto the ocean and I paddled with a lot of whales and dolphins and mm-hmm. let nature guide me. And I would go climb mountains and, you know, go into the Grand Canyon and find my peace. And I did all of it when the kids were in school so that that was my recovery time. You have to have your recovery time. Mm-hmm. And then it was out there where I was like, okay, I, I had one person who is now my mentor and a dear colleague of mine. She was my therapist and coach at the time. And she, she looked at me and she said, you got to do something with this because you're, you, you're helping yourself. You're doing so much uh, self-healing that we as therapists and coaches can't do because we don't understand what you're even doing. And what I realized through that journey is that Number one, it was my past that was also helping to guide me into my present healing because I'd been there before yeah. and, uh, and it was nature. It was like getting my ass out of my head and allowing myself <laughs> to somatically heal, right? Like literally going outside, that's where the frontal lobe of our brain, which I've done research on it now through Florence Williams, I work with her and the frontal lobe of your brain slows, the cerebellum rises. That's where we have creativity. That's where we can actually find peace. And it was also through forgiveness. Like it, that's why the book came. And that's why I did the Ted talk on forgiveness, because it was literally about like, that's one of the most underutilized tools. And you know what, by the way, it's the most underlies, underutilized tool in business. Like, oh, yes, holy <laughs> shit. Yes. Like I, I'm like, hello, people, human eyes. Humanize, 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 you know, like we are human beings and we are not perfect. And we have got to look at each other as imperfectly perfect human beings, or you want to say perfectly imperfect, whatever Mm -hmm. floats your boat. Um, But, you know, that's how I got into this work. And then, you know, I was helping, I decided I was going to start creating these programs that were going to, where I was going to guide into the Grand Canyon. I went back to school, got my coaching certification. I landed my butt in wilderness first responder certification at 42, 43, 43. Um, That was interesting. I tried going into that with, with, you know, I had trauma brain, obviously like from all this CPSD and, um, and I had to like really sit with, because your brain goes through a lot of stuff when you're, when you've been in PTSD. And so it was, it was, it was really at the same time, it was my creative space. I wasn't, you know, I was an art teacher. So I was my creative space also of just creating whatever the hell I wanted out of this and saying, okay, let's, let's let the universe flow us into what's needed. And so I've been on nationally syndicated TV shows now. It's just like, it's like freaking fun. It's, you know, (laughs) and, um, and I, I, I think that the coolest thing about stepping into the space though, is showing other people that they can do it too. Yeah. I got to I got to go back to something I heard you say and that is there was some toxicity taking over my brain. Yeah. That, what what a powerful statement man and and inevitably there's so many people matter of fact we've interviewed a number of people that were in similar similar states and I know that you found that in the outdoors but initially when it was so intense right that that I've been somewhat 
in, in that thing. And oh, the bag, I've been there. And I go, I don't know how to get, how to get out of this bad boy, man. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, it really does. I don't even know what else to say it. It just, it just sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> well, well, and you, 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 you break it down into kind of three, three categories, three tenants that I, I thought was really, really cool. Can you talk about that? Um, are you talking about the space of that victim survivor thriver yes. space? Okay, that's yeah. so powerful. Yeah. So here's what's really cool. Like I love this work. Oh, you guys could have hours. Like, it's obvious. Yeah. It's obvious. I know, right? I'm so freaking passionate about what I do. Um, there's a couple of things that I really truly believe in. So there's three. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back first, and then I'll move forward. Okay. So there's three words that I believe in that I had. Call it what you want. God download, universe download, me download, whatever download. When I was on the ocean, um, and I and I was looking up into the sky, and I had these three words pop into me because I was like, "What's getting me through this? Like, what is, like, what? Yes, forgiveness. Yes, nature. Yes, all of the things. But like, I wanted to define what what is getting me through this. And the three words that came to me were truth. Mm-hmm. Always speak your truth. Uh, this is your truth, right? Your heart, your soul, your mind, your body. Um, inspiration, we didn't find moments of inspiration every day. And that means like literally for me, it's, and I, this is what I urge everybody to do. Go outside, watch a spider weave a web. Like you used to as a child, go watch the clouds, go just close your eyes and breathe in the fresh air. Like you did when you, you know, ran in the grass as a kid and, and then hope like we have to have hope and it's not an external hope of like, Oh, I hope someday I can make a million dollars. Right. It's that internal hope within self where you can, it's the flame that we sometimes lose. And the reason that we lose it is because we, and as I see it, we distinguish it ourselves. And so, you know, cause everything comes from self. And so, you know, having that, those three words guide me, also then those were pivotal in my moving forward into, okay, how do I, how is it that I'm working through all of this in a different kind of way? Yeah. Breaking it down into the victim survivor thriver space. Okay. We've all been victims of something. It, it, you can, Every single human, if they call it a small T trauma, big T trauma, which is what they do. They, you know, if anybody knows, they put it into the, the small traumas and the big traumas, regardless of what it is. We've all lived through something and we live through stuff every single day. Like that's where we forget that, right? Like I got a phone call in the middle of the night last night uh, from one of my dear friends whose son's going through something really difficult. It was like, wow, that's a big trauma that she's living through right now. And they happen unexpectedly. My mom just passed away in July. That was traumatizing for me. And it still is. I'm still working through that. The point being though, is that we don't have to stay there. Right. Like if we're going to sit in the muck of our stuff and not work through the emotions that are also tied to those things that we live through, you will continue to tell yourself and live in the story of your past. And that's the most important part is that we don't want to do that. Some so often, though, what happens is that we don't even realize that we're doing it. And we as humans are too afraid to speak truth and tell somebody also you're playing a victim right now. Like, do you really want to stay in this victim space? And we do it in business. We do it in life. We do it with kids. We do like all the time. And and I think the most important part about that is you don't have to, you can take everything that you've learned through that space of becoming a victim. Sometimes we're victimized. Sometimes we victimize ourselves and we can step into what is it to actually be a survivor? Now, here's the thing though. You're still surviving as a victim. You're not, you're not, (laughs) You're not like not breathing as a victim, right? But that's the point is that who wants to only survive? And what does that surviving look like for you? Right? It's only surviving. It's like breathing, but not feeling your breath. And then you step into what is it to be a survivor? Like, how can I actually become a survivor of the most difficult things that I've lived through? Surviving, being a survivor is super fun because it's like, okay, I'm no longer tied to my past. I'm out here. It's awesome. I'm giving you a very small breakdown of this, right? It's awesome being a survivor, 
But the real fun happens when you can take all of that stuff, all of what you've learned, all of what you've processed as a survivor. Like that was me when I was sitting on my paddleboard and I was laughing again and I was out doing my own personal adventures. And I was like, I was parenting again, the way that I used to, I was, I was like, wow, I'm not tied to my past. I've detached from that. I've learned from it. I've gone through that process of forgiveness. But the coolest piece is when you can actually use all of that and create whatever the hell you want for your present and future. And that means stepping outside of your comfort zone. The beauty of living through hard shit is that you become stronger as a result. And so then it's like, if I can face those things and if I can work through those things, how can I take all that I've learned and now step into creating from those things? And when I say creating, I'm like, not, you don't have to build a business or do all of that stuff, but how do I create a life where I'm not tied to my past? Mm -hmm. Right. How do I create a life where it's like, I'm pushing 50 now. And I'm like, literally, this is where the fun is really beginning because we were talking about this before we started recording. Cause it's like, I can be the full me and <laughs> I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I mean, I, I do, I do. Obviously I do too. You know, obviously, you know, I do, I show up as my own me. Uh, but if you don't like it, it's like, well, okay, that's, that's not on me. I'm not. And also don't project your dislike onto me because I'm not going to hold on to it. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well then I'm not for everybody. I know that. I know that clearly I know that. And so how do you take all of that though, from being in that victim space, learning from it, growing from it, using it, all of that space is being a survivor and finding that inspiration and all of that inspiration that you've lived through. And then having so much freaking hope from it and just like blasting off into becoming the best leader, the best, everything that you can. The thing that you have to do in order to become the best leader though, is accept the crap that you've lived through. And if you're not going to accept and honor the crap that you've lived through, you're not going to learn from it. And the best leaders learn from the crap that they've lived through. Well, Uh and and you make, there's a big difference there though. You also say, don't live back there though. When I, when I look at you, Sarah, I see someone that's the master of being in the present, like being here right now. You know what I mean? Like that, to me, that is incredible because a lot of times with trauma, the mind gets stuck in the past and the past and the past, and it drags you down. Um, how do you do that? How, 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 this is a lot of people off. I'm going to tell you that (laughs) it actually, it actually, it, it really does. It actually can piss a lot of people off. You know how I know when somebody, I'm going to give you a little secret here. You know how you know when somebody is playing victim is when, uh, they tell me that I'm not present. (laughs) I'm very serious. I've had people actually tell me that it is very interesting. And what I've realized is, um, I've learned how to be present with people because I've learned the magic of being present outside Mm. and you are nothing more than another animal sitting in front of me. Like you're interesting. I love hearing people's stories. I love getting to know people. I love, I love watching. I love learning from that. It's not just about the spoken word. It's about the energy and everything with it. It's about the sight. It's about the smell. It's about opening your senses to it. Right. And I learned how to do that when I was outside, when I was in nature, because what, and and truly like my story, I I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I wouldn't wish what I lived through and what I had to deal with on any human being on this earth. And, you know, because I didn't want to live in the story, I had to learn, learn, learn how to create new alive moments outside of my story. And when you can attach onto those new alive moments outside of your story, you detach from the story itself, the rumination of the, you know, what happened. Um, but I really learned how to do that when I was getting outside of my head and the best way to get outside of your head is to go outside and it's freaking free by the way. So (laughs) it's free therapy, by the way. And so, you know, and so that's how, that's how I learned how to do that. And, you know, the other thing is I don't, I think that so many people look at other people and they, they, there's just this preconceived notion or this preconceived judgment of who you are. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was taught at a very young age by my dear mom, God bless her heart and her soul. She's just like my angel from above. And I, when I'm working, I'm working, she's like working through me. 
she, I remember her saying to me, always be nice to everybody. Treat mm -hmm. every human being as you wish to be treated. I don't care who it is. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when I was teaching and I had the janitor in my room and I was always like, you know, like, Hey, like I would chat with him. I'd talk to him. We'd talk about the day. We'd talk about everything. I'd help him when he was cleaning my room, because I'm like, you shouldn't just have to clean my room. Give me a break. It's my room. Right. <laughs> and, and we would have the best conversations. And I learned, you know, very quickly at a young age, first of all, I learned quickly at a young age that judgment sucks. Yeah. And that when people look at you, they, they may, they may have this preconceived notion of your story, but they have no freaking clue what you've lived through. Yes. And so I, I, I've always carried that through my life of, you know, be nice to everybody be kind, like, and it's, I, I want to just say, thank you for telling me that I'm present because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had, unfortunately, I've had people project their, uh, their, their own not being present yeah. where it's like, you're not present. I'm like, actually, I'm so present with you. <laughs> you don't want to be present with yourself. And so, that's probably the more realistic right there. It's true. And so that's how I actually know, like I, I listen to people's words and I can tell when they're projecting because they literally don't want to be present with their own stuff. Yeah. And by the way, anybody that's listening to this, this is the one thing that I do want to say as well is there are a lot of people who talk the walk but they don't walk it yes. and you got to listen and you got to be aware of who you bring in because even if they're talking it and they're not walking it, they're not doing your team any favor yeah. because they, they you have to have people, you, ha you absolutely, it is so crucial to surround yourself by people that live in integrity, their values, their moral compass, their true North. And when they're speaking it, they better damn well be doing it. Because if they're not, if they're not, it's just lies. And so that's literally like that is that is one of the things that I I have found being in this space is and it bugs me. It, it just like it bugs me. It just bugs me because I, I just don't operate that way. And I I hate seeing people be misled mm -hmm. when they don't. I mean, because I was misled. Right. And so for me, it's like I was misled for so long and didn't know it. And I cannot stand it when I see other people get misled, too. Yes. Yes. So. I, I, there's so many. I know. People, I just like. No, I, there's, well, there's so many people and companies that need an injection of Sarah. There's a, I mean, there's an app that uh, my, 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 my uh, kids use and my rugby team uses. It's be real, man. You're the epitome of be real. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to be any other way. That's yeah. the, and you know, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes it's gotten me in a little bit of trouble and I've had to sit there going like, really, but I'm only being me. And, that's, a them, you know, that's a them problem, Sarah. That's, that's a them problem. That's yeah. a them problem. It's taken me 49 years to realize that. Okay. Well, and I want to, no, I want to thank I, you I, for something. Too, is when I started realizing that. Yeah. Like that's well, not my problem. I want to thank you for something because yeah. I've never really made the connection between being present and the outdoors. I absolutely love the outdoors. Yep. I love wow. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because. And, and I just, it really just kind of hit me very hard as we were talking is that really is the, the way to be present. Oh yeah. yeah. And you also said something else that I want to really emphasize for our listeners is you said it is free and it really is like, <laughs> I think, I think so many times it's in, free. yeah, in our modern culture, guess what? You don't need a Patagonia jacket and you don't need the, no. the expensive gear. No. no. Get the, I, I, so there was a, an older gentleman one time. I, I have a 1979 FJ40 Land Cruiser. That's my, my little baby. And it takes me outdoors and it gets me where I want to. I absolutely love it. But I was getting a part from a guy who was like the, the guru of Land Cruisers. And we had a talk one time and he said, look, if you can afford a can of pork and beans, you can go camping. <laughs> and, <laughs> So I, never, I knew where you were so going true. with that. I actually knew. So cool. I actually knew where you were going with that. 
he's like, <laughs> he, goes, and, and he goes, and if you can't afford a can of pork and beans, you got bigger problems. But the, the, the story is, is get your kids, get your friends, yeah. get people that are, are your people and get the heck outside. <laughs> I'm laughing because so <laughs> My dad took us on a trip once. My dad, it was my dad, my, my family. I come from a very close knit family too. Like there's, there's, um, I still, there's 15 of us, even though my mom has passed, I was, you know, obviously put her in there. And, um, but my dad, we went fishing up in Northern Canada and my dad brought all the pork and bean cans. Right. And I would just remember like, this is flashback to the moment of looking over and seeing my son, literally he had opened up the can of pork and beans and he ate them all. And we were like, well, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> we're on an Island. I'm like, we want fish and pork and beans. And now you have the pork and beans. He's like, I like pork and beans. I, I never like, thought a conversation with pork and beans would go you gotta have the 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 honey ones too, by the way. Yeah, with oh, yeah. the bacon, the fake yep. bacon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's oh. like who gets that top layer first? You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know what? What I love you are the you are the definition. Of, there's a there's a corny acronym that was taught to me that I always pass on to the the teams I'm coaching. That is WIN, right? The acronym. What's important now? And you do that on a on just a regular basis. I love how you going back to what Gary said. You are so present. Thank I'm, you. I'm right here. I wish I could go through this screen and give you a high five <laughs> and a bro hug. And all that because it's so Mel Robbins does it against the screen. We can yeah, boom. Mel Robbins, right there. We Mel Robbins, you. But, but the I love is, her. You're making me think of so many people that that we've interviewed in the past that um that really really need and they I, I can see so many connections basically that man all of you you all have superpowers but man you're talking about making something so incredible here i i am amped to be able to put you in contact with so many people oh, right thank you please <laughs> please do you know i mean and here's the thing that like and this is why I'm also, listen, I, <laughs> I wish people could see me back <laughs> nine years ago. I really do because I even look back on myself and I'm so freaking proud of how far that I've come. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I remember my family back then. I remember sitting on the couch and having to talk to the kids and my oldest is amazing. He's doing really well. My middle plays water polo now for USC and he's oh, doing wow. great. Yeah. He's doing awesome. And my youngest is a big avid basketball player who decided to who actually made the decision himself to redo eighth grade during COVID. Cause he's wow. like, I want to play. And if I can't go play, then I want to redo eighth grade. And I, this is going to be my gap year. And I'm like, okay, you made the decision. I support you. And it's, it's, I think that the cool, I mean, there's so much to the story of just like, me selling my house at, you know, my 4,200 square foot house. And I was just like, we're stripping down. We're going back to what it is to be real. Yeah. And we're moving across the street. We literally moved across the street. You open my front door and you see my old house, you see my past. <laughs> and it's very funny. It's actually, and we're renting this itty bitty little place for right now. And, and, and I did that because I was like, I think that we forget, we get so caught up in the monopoly of life and of everything that is told how we should be. And the, you know, the, the, the things, the, the Land Rovers that yeah. we forget what is really, truly important, yeah. which is being present and meeting people and understanding that we are just mirrors of one another. And it's, it, it's been a journey that I just can't even, I couldn't even put it into words if I tried and I have tried, I've written a book on it, <laughs> I've written a book on it. I've on it. but to live it, but to truly live it, right. has been the biggest gift. And again, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but if I can help anybody, if I can help people to understand that they don't have to be a product yeah. of that, it's a, what you are is literally is, is the culmination of what you learn from it and to create whatever you want from it. And that's that thriving space. And I mean, I'm like, so like jammed on that thriving space right now. I, I, I freaking love it. And it's like, what is possible? What's next? And, and that's why 
my Grand Canyon retreats are ending and it's really funny. You know, when the universe talks to you and you're just like, I think I'm done with this and yes. I just really want to yes. be done with this, but I the think first I'm done moment. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it, it was, I was leading a retreat down there. I think it was February of 20 of this, of this year. I was leading a retreat and one of the guys, they all know me down there. They, they always say, they're like, Oh, here's Sarah doing her voodoo shit. Like that's literally <laughs> Like it's all the stuff that we've always wanted to do, but we've never been able to. Yes. <laughs> That's what they say to me <laughs> when I started running these retreats down there, and I would have literally like, oh my god, I'd have people come up to me and they're like, God, what do you do down here? Like, there's crying, there's laughing, people are healing, they're transforming, they're walking out different humans, and I'm like, I'm doing what was intended to be done in this. Game. <laughs> um. But, you know, I was down there and I learned that they were redoing the water pipeline and stopping all of the, uh, all of the services at the bottom starting in 2023. And I remember that moment again, it goes back to what are the moments, right? And I remember that moment as a, wow, I could be really freaked out that my business is going to fold right now, or I could look at this as an opportunity to go bigger. And so I'm, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to go bigger than the Canyon. Right. And like, how, like, how cool is that? And so that's where you know, I sent a message to my team and then I was like, okay, guys, like this is, this is the sign that we need that, that sometimes we don't even realize that we're playing small and we can impact so much larger. And so that's why I, you know, redid my, redid everything. I redid the way that my business has been running. And and I'm like, okay, if I've done the Ted talk, I can get out there and speak to larger audiences, which is something I've always wanted to do. I mean, I am a teacher, right. And so And so that's, that's why we decided to take it into this direction. And it's been, it's been really cool. So I'm, I'm leading a retreat. You ready for this one over Thanksgiving? It'll be nine years to the day that I found out. I know. So I'm leading a retreat this Thanksgiving uh, as one of my last, and then two in January. And then we're having to stop those. I'm still the, the, I will lead them. I just don't know where next I'm still working with Florence Williams and we're running retreats up in the San Juan mountains and I'm toying with the Alaska yet. I got to decide if that's what I'm going to do or where my water healing is going to happen, but I'm committed to, because my clients were like, you can't stop. And so <laughs> I'm like, I'm not stopping. You know, you're, you know, you're thriving when you say I'm going bigger than the Grand Canyon. Yes. Yeah. Good for yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's anything is possible. And I, and why not? Right. And why not? So that's, that's why we are going into this space as well. And it's, it's fun. Well, it's fun. I, a lot of people question me on it. It's like, like, well, why not? I have to thank you though, too, because in this conversation, you, it, I, I was teleported to a conversation I had with my dad and uh, as soon as she's a tight knit family, it, it just went boom. And he, he was a uh, old world war two vet. Oh. And uh, a farmer I grew up in, and they were doing the farm thing. And of course we lived in an area where our farm was in one place. And I, I wanted to have the cool truck and everything. I had a 68 Chevy. I wanted to put rims on and all that, just jack it all oh, up. Know what you're stuff, talking right? about. <laughs> and he, he pulled me aside and he goes, son, you know, why do you really want to put rims on that thing? And he just asked me questions. He wasn't, he wasn't pointing at me. Going, ah, that's a waste of money. He goes, uh, what, what's the purpose of the truck here? And uh, I go, well, you know, look good. I mean, is that really the purpose of the truck? And I go, I guess it just gets me places. Oh, you could get get to places on those rims too. And, <laughs> and it just the reason that it struck me is because it was as as you've been speaking, it was very real, and it brought me back to what was really important yes. and what really didn't matter. And throughout this conversation, it's something I have learned even more. And, and, and just it's made me a not only a better person, but it's even further. What is it that I want to be taking to my kids and the people that we associate with? How do we make a difference and improve lives rather than than puff up ourselves or whatever it might be? And you're you, you just everything that you've overcome and everything you've shared have just driven that home with me. And it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Cause I was, and it's for me, 
it's such a, like, I look at it like this is, this is my jam space. This is my gift. This is what I love doing. It's, I didn't, I didn't fully understand even how I'm just going to state it, like how freaking good I am at it until I stepped into that uncomfortable space and exploring it myself. And I think that that's, what's also so important is that so many of us get afraid to explore ourselves and what we can do. And um, I'll share a quick story with you. I, cause I haven't shared enough. Right. Um, <laughs> I landed. It's funny. I, I did the, I did the John Muir trail in 2020 for 22 days. I, every year I do a trail for me and that's my self-care. That's where I learn more about me. Um, some people go on golf trips. Other people go to spas. I go into the mountains. And so I, you know, it's always seven to 22 days. And so <clears throat> this last in 2020, we did the John Muir trail from this uh, Valley of Yosemite to the summit of Mount Whitney. Then last year I did the high Sierra trail. And then this, this year we did the Sierra high route. Now here's the difference is that every trail and I've done other ones too, for a number of years. It's funny because what I realized is that every year I've done a trail. Okay. So this is the first year where there was no trail. We literally waypointed map compass. Yeah. <laughs> map compass from our phone. And we were, we were literally using our own knowledge, our own internal knowledge as well to guide us to that next spot. So you literally, so we would be at the top of a pass, the most difficult pass in the, you know, the, and understand this year, high routes, the most challenging and difficult and dangerous uh, route in the United States. So we would get to the top of a route or top of the pass and we'd have to look and go, okay, where do we go next? And we had to navigate our own way there. It's a new way of blazing trails and how metaphorical of like, that's also this next space that I'm going into is it is a new way of leadership. It is a new way of blazing trails. It is a new way of getting yourself out there. And ultimately we all have the power within us to do it. And so I'm not saying that, you know, being on a trail isn't a good thing. It is a good thing. And for a number of people, it is a good thing for me. I'm finding that as I age, it's like, well, what's next? Well, what's next? Well, what's next? And so regardless of what that next is for you, there's always something next. And so, you know, until we take our last breath and then we, whatever you choose to believe is next. Um, But it's, it's, I think it's really powerful to remember even the other reason that I do this is because I don't want to carry much and I don't want to carry much in life. And I'm talking like internally, externally, whatever it is. Right. And so when I'm out there, I can leave my anger, my pissed offness, my sadness, my grief, my pain. I leave it out there as much as I can. doesn't mean that I don't still have some that I carry every now and then, but, um, but that's like, that's my letting go. And I think it's important. Yeah. And that's why I love your tattoo right there. That for you. So this is my mom's handwriting. And I did mm-hmm, my mom. I got this when I was 47. It almost got me kicked out of the family because <laughs> and you're not supposed to face your body. And, uh, literally. That's a whole nother story. What is it and, I, I and, and so my mom just passed in July. Um, she passed away July 6th. And I, wow. Interestingly enough, July was my most packed month of work and I had to lead three retreats starting on the seventh and I still did it. And I had one in the Grand Canyon, one in the San Juan mountains, and then one in Alaska. And I'll tell you something, she, if you go into my Instagram page and you look, watch my videos, she showed up every single retreat. It was, it was, it was, I mean, nature gives us what we need. And it, and she came through and she came through hard. My clients were like, holy shit, (laughs) that this is like, I mean, rainbows around the sun, heart move, the clouds going into hearts right in the middle, Uh, literally where I was having conversations with her and about her. And I was just like, mom, can you please come through? And then we're sitting at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. We look up and this perfect rainbow is formed around the sun and the clouds parted into a heart right in the middle. And I was like, and she's here. Yeah. It's just, it's, I, I, here's the thing. Talk about being present and aware though, right? Like we miss the moments. And so that's why it's so important is to stay present and aware of all of it because you're being handed nuggets along the way. And unfortunately, so many of us miss it. 
if and it's in everything it's in everything it's in business it's in life it's in it's in the moment that I was like okay I could either fold my business or expand my business what am I going to do yeah right and so that's how you get into the expansion so thanks for being the epitome of stoke you really are not only the coffee (laughs) (laughs) it was was there way before that coffee it was was way before that coffee trust me i know i know oh my (laughs) you know it's funny that you say that though because i know um uh sarah blakely always talks about this you know she didn't know what she was doing either and when she started Spanx, right? And she talks about that. She's like, I don't know what I was doing. I just started selling and, you know, wearing <laughs> them and selling them and believing them in them. And I love her, by the way. Yeah. We even spell her name the same way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she always talks about how people would say you're too much. And, uh, and it's funny how many women and men, um, I don't want to leave that out, um, have that where people are like, am I too much? And it took me, and so there's times where in my life where I'm like, I know I'm a lot. And, and, and it's funny on one retreat, we, I had a woman say to me, um, but this is my much. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. That is good. This is my, that is awesome. And it is completely you. And that's what resonates um, so magically is the word I'll use with, with, with everyone that you come in contact with, including us. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, but anyway, I, I didn't want to put words in the Gary's mouth, but just looking at his reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I concur. Man. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for spending some time with this. This well, is you're welcome. absolutely the sun, a blast. The sun came out Wednesdays are my day to go sit on the ocean and work. And literally that's what I do. And the sun came, it was literally raining and then we're finishing and the sun came out. So I take, <laughs> I, I take my, I paddle out four miles out to the ocean and I take a book, uh, usually a business book and I read and listen to podcasts and I respond to emails. So if you send me one, it'll be from out there. I <laughs> like it. <laughs> I'm going to go in my office. <laughs> Well, we let's definitely stay in touch, okay? And Thank stay you. on for just a second, all Absolutely. right? It was my pleasure.